Let's open up our Bibles to Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. And uh, the title of this morning's message is Mary, Judas, and an alabaster jar. Mary, Judas, and an alabaster jar. You may not know what an alabaster jar is, but we'll talk about that here in a minute. But uh, we're going to jump into Mark chapter 14. 14. We're going to begin in verse 3. So if you have your Bibles ready, let's go ahead and hop into it. Uh, Verse 3, it says, Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. Previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over Jesus' head. Verse 4, some of those at the table were indignant. In other words, they were angry and annoyed at what they saw. They said, why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. But verse 6 says, but Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want, but you will not always have me. Verse 8, she has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. And I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Verse 10, then Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 disciples, I thought that was interesting that he threw that in there to make sure that his readers knew that he was one of the 12 disciples, went to the leading priest to arrange to betray Jesus to them. And then verse 11 is where we're going to stop. They were delighted when they heard why he had come, and they promised to give him money. So he began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. Let's just pray real fast. Father God, I just thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity, God, for us to grow in the word together. And Lord, I pray, God, that you will open up our hearts and open up our eyes and our ears, Lord, to receive the word that you have for us this morning, Lord. We thank you, Father, and Lord, we bless you, and God, God, I pray you would help us to receive this morning in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Now, what an account, what a story that's happening here. So here you have two different people. Now, you have Judas, and then you have this unnamed woman. Now, this account we find in three of the synoptic gospels, in Matthew, Mark, and also in John. Matthew and Mark, the details are exactly the same, but in John, very, very similar. Many people believe that these are all the same, uh, these are all the same accounts. In, In John, John names this unnamed woman as Mary of Bethany. Mary is the sister of Lazarus and Martha. And here it says that this was at the home of Simon the leper. Many theologians believe that this man, Simon the leper, actually could have, uh, could have been the father of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. And in John it says that this was at Lazarus' house, which would, which would make sense on, why, on, 
on when you lay them all together, how they all relate. So with that said, we are going to call this woman Mary at the expense of John chapter 12, okay? So you have two people here. You have Mary and you have Judas, okay? Now, two different people with two different responses who had the same encounters with Jesus. Very interesting. Two stark responses to how they encountered Jesus. So we're going to focus on Mary for a second. You know, you have this snapshot of Mary on this side. Okay, so Mary, she receives grace and mercy from Jesus. And her response is she takes out this expensive perfume. She breaks it and she lavishes it as if anointing Jesus. And the Bible tells us that it is an alabaster jar. Now, let me tell you a little bit about alabaster jar. I thought this was really interesting. In Bible times, alabaster jars or alabaster boxes were made of a rich marble-type rock um, or stone called alabaster. That's why it's called an alabaster jar. An alabaster was a stone commonly found in Israel and one of the most precious stones used in the decoration of Solomon's temple. These alabaster boxes or jars would be filled with expensive perfume to keep them pure and unspoiled and sealed with wax in order to retain and preserve the scent. The perfume in the alabaster jar would be sealed inside, and the owner, if they wanted to use it, they would have to break the seal or break the neck of the bottle in order for them to use the perfume. And this particular perfume, according to the text, was worth a year's wage. That's a lot of money. I mean, that's a lot of money. If we're talking about today, if we were to relate, relate that today, assuming it's somewhere around minimum wage, that's like $30,000, $25,000, dollars That's a lot of money right there wrapped up in this alabaster jar. Now, I love this picture of Mary because this is a picture of worship. This is a picture of devotion, taking the very best thing that she had to offer, something that most likely she was holding off for a very special day, and she recognized the moment, and she whipped that baby out, she broke it, and she gave it to Jesus, and she lavished it on him as praise and as worship. That's beautiful right there. He, she, didn't, she didn't grab one of her cheaper perfumes. She didn't grab something that was older. She grabbed the best that she had, and she said, Jesus, this is for you. And that is what worship is, is when we offer God our best to him, when we say, God, my praise is yours. This was the best she had to offer, and she willingly poured it out as an act of worship. Now, traditionally, anointing someone's head with oil was a, it was imagery of sanctifying someone or to set that person as the anointed person or an object that was set apart as holy. It was an act of honor. She was setting apart. She had no idea that God was using her to fulfill prophecy on behalf of Jesus. She had no idea. She was simply just pouring out her love and adoration for Jesus. You know, we never know 
when God is using us. We never know what God has planned for us. When we are simply giving our best to God, you never know how God is using you in somebody else's life. Amen? Amen. So that's Mary. On the other side, you have a completely different response. You have this dude named Judas. Now, Judas, when he sees Mary pour out this expensive perfume, his jaw like drops, just gunk. Like, are you serious? Because he knew how much money this was worth. He, he loved him some money. So he knew. And so much so that he literally stood up and spoke out on what he saw. He was stunned. He couldn't believe it. The Bible says that they were indignant, that they were upset. Some of the disciples were upset, but it says in John that Judas is the one who spoke up and said, how in the world are you serious? Why would you waste that perfume? Now, again, this is like $30,000, and to him, he saw it just being poured down the drain. He couldn't imagine he couldn't, he couldn't fathom why somebody would take something worth so much and something the best that they have and take it and give it to Jesus. It didn't make sense to him. Why would somebody do that? Well, it's because Judas represents the natural. He represents the world. He, he only sees things from a natural and carnal perspective. He only sees things through those lens, so he could not understand, which is probably one of the reasons why Jesus said, leave her alone. You have no idea because you have not placed your faith in me. She has. She understands, but you never will understand. It was something that he didn't get. You see, Judas felt nothing in his heart except that he loved money. That's what he loved. In fact, he loves money so much, he loved money more than he loved Jesus. Now, it's important for us to remember that Judas, as we read before, was one of the twelve. He was one of the twelve disciples. He was with Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He talked with Jesus. He saw him do miracles. He saw him walk on water. He saw him do some of the mightiest miracles. He saw him feed over 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish. Like, how? He saw all these things, and he, he was under all the parables. He saw all these things happen, and yet, out of all that still, he didn't change. I found this interesting. You see, proximity does not guarantee intimacy. Proximity does not guarantee intimacy. You see, he was with Jesus. He was around Jesus. He walked and he talked with him, but on the inside, he didn't really know Jesus. So when we look at this picture and we look at these two and the responses that they gave, there's a few things that I, that I saw that I thought we can pull out some lessons that we can learn. Because you see, Mary, he tre Mary, Mary treasured Jesus, but Judas contradicted Jesus. He was the opposite. 
Both had been around Jesus, both had encounters with Jesus, but nevertheless, they had completely different responses. So let's look at a few lessons that we can learn from this story. Number one, what we do for Jesus is never a waste. What we do for Jesus is never a waste. I find this interesting. Mark chapter 14 says in verse 4, some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive, per- such expensive perfume? John chapter 12 verse 4 says, one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected and said, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It is worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, a keeper of the money bag, and he used it to help himself to what was put inside of it. Judas, when he saw what Mary did, he didn't see it as worship. He called it a waste. He called Mary's worship wasteful. Judas saw things only from the natural. He can only see what he, what, what he can see with his human eyes. Just like the world, they only see from the human eyes. But Judas, uh, Judas said that it, would have, it should have been sold and given to the poor. But you know, really, he was just thinking about himself. He was mad because he was trying to get paid. He was trying to get him some moolah. So he can go and get him what he wanted. That's what he was focused on himself. He was consumed with just himself and what, what could benefit him. But that's not the way that Mary saw it. Mary saw it in a completely different light. For Mary, what she did was not a waste. And said, instead, this was worship. This was worship for her. This was an act of devotion to Jesus. A whole year's wages, somewhere around $30,000 gone, just like that. And you know what? She didn't bat an eye. She didn't hesitate one minute. She knew Jesus, and she knew what he was worth to her. He was worth far more than that perfume she was holding on to. And she took it and she lavished it on Jesus as worship and devotion. She gave God her best, and she didn't hesitate. And in view of Jesus' mercy and grace towards her, this was her reasonable act of worship towards her Savior. Her reasonable act of worship. In fact, we see a scripture very similar, very similar to that in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, by the mercy that he has shown you, that he has shown me, that he has shown us in the view of the mercy and grace that God has shown us, I urge you to present your bodies and your lives as a living sacrifice. Jesus, he was the ultimate sacrifice. He gave his life. And our response is that we live our lives unto Jesus as a sacrifice unto him. It says that present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. He says this is worship. And you know what? When we do it, he says this is pleasing to God. You know, there is something whenever we get saved, 
God comes inside of us. He scrubs us clean. He gives us a new heart, and he also gives us new desires. And that desire on the inside of us, the Bible tells us that it's a desire to please him. We have desires to want to please him. Listen, at the end of the day, I want my life to be pleasing to God. I want him to see me and say, I am pleased with his life. And the Bible tells us that when we offer our lives up unto worship, it is pleasing, a pleasing sight and a pleasing aroma unto him. This is what worship was. She offered God her best, and it was her reasonable act of service. What we, do, what we do for Jesus is never a waste. Not one thing, not one thing we give unto him is ever a waste. Our lives are living sacrifices unto God, poured, and we pour our lives out on the altar as a drink offering before the Lord, and we tell God, God, you have your way with my life. Come on, anybody ever prayed that prayer before? Lord, you have your way with my life, not unto me, but unto you, what you have planned for me. God, use me in that way. And you know what? The world won't get it. The world won't understand it. People will look at you in life and say, man, what are you doing? Why, 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 why would you do that? Why would you use your youth? Why would you use your days? Why would you use your life and do all these things? Why would you give all your money? Why would you do all these things? It's because what we do for Jesus is never a waste. What we give for Jesus will never be wasted and it will never spoil. Listen, every dollar we give towards missions is worth it. Every minute we spend in prayer is worth it. Every person we talk to about Jesus is worth it. Every time we inconvenience our life just to say yes to God, it is worth it. Everything we do for Jesus is worth it. Can I get an amen? amen. Come on. Amen. Everything we have to offer to God is worth it. That's point number one. Point number two, choosing anything else over Jesus will always disappoint. We see this in the life of Judas. Mark chapter 14, verse 10 through 11 says, Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted to hear this, and they promised to give him what? Money. So he watched for an opportunity to hand him over. This is such a sad, sad story, such a tragedy. Judas cared about money so much. He cared about it more than anything, so much so that, he tr that Judas traded Jesus for money. He was willing to give up the relationship he had with Jesus for a fleeting moment of satisfaction because it didn't last. In fact, the Bible tells us that after he handed over and they realized that he was going to be condemned, the Bible says that he tried to give the money back. He couldn't believe what he did. He was full of regret. It was because he chose something over Jesus, and it ended up not being worth it in the end. But Mary was different. Mary, on the other hand, she gave up what could have been, let me, what was most likely the most expensive, most valuable thing she owned, and she gave that to Jesus. You see, Judas traded 
Jesus for money, but Mary traded money for Jesus. She traded the best she had for Jesus. She gave it all over to him because to her, there is nothing in this that the world had to offer that was going to be worth choosing over her relationship with Jesus. And that is the same thing. Listen, there are going to be things that look good. There are going to be things that sound good. But in the end, they will never satisfy. Jesus, he satisfies not only in just this life, but more eternally what we have coming once we pass on to eternity. The promise that we have is greater than anything that we can get for just a moment. He is worth it. It may look good, it may seem worth it, but it will always leave us feeling empty and regretful. You know, Melinda, she's told you know, her testimony a few times, and you know, I, I love her testimony because she grew up in a, in a Christian home, but Jesus wasn't what she was chasing. She was chasing other things, but those things weren't fulfilling her. They weren't fulfilling her, and you gotta, help, you, you gotta hear her tell her testimony. It's beautiful. And one day, when she found herself in the bottom of the barrel of life, she was in her room and she cried out to the Lord in her room on her bed and said, Lord, please. She cried out to him and she fell asleep and she cried herself to sleep. And she told me that the next morning when she woke up, everything was different. Everything was different. The Lord changed her from the inside out, just like that, overnight. And then when you see Melinda, when you see her life, listen, I live with her. I know her. And I don't know a more godly woman than my wife, Melinda, because she knows the worth. She, she knows what Jesus is worth. She never again have, have I ever seen her choose anything over Jesus. And that, may that be the testimony of our lives, that we never choose anything over Jesus, but we know the worth that Jesus offers, us, offers to us. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. Amen. And then number three, point number three. So point number one is that any, whatever, what we do for Jesus is never a waste. Point number two, choosing anything else over Jesus will always disappoint and then point number three, Jesus is available today. This is what Jesus said in Mark, verse 7. He says, you will always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want to, but you will not always have me. Jesus knew that he was going to be around for much longer. In fact, two to three days from now, two days from now, he was going to be arrested, and eventually he would be crucified. He knew that the hour was coming that he was no longer going to be with the disciples. And while selling the alabaster jar of perfume would have been a good thing to do, he knew that what Mary chose was better. Because there was a window of opportunity that she had to spend time with Jesus, to choose him. And she chose that good thing. She chose what was better for her. Listen, it was only a window of opportunity that he was going to be there, and she struck while the iron was hot, and she went and she chose Jesus. Today, I want to tell you, is a good day to devote your life to Christ. 
You know why? Because today, because Jesus is available today. Today is a good day to give all all that we have over to him because he is available right now. We have the opportunity to choose him. Today, if you have not placed your faith in Christ and you're here today and you're hearing the word and you're thinking, man, I need to give my life to Jesus, today is the day. There's no reason to wait any longer. Today is your day for you to be born again, for you to be saved. There is no better day than today, and there's no better time than right now, because we know that right now He is available. Romans chapter 10, amen, 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 amen. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Listen, the Bible tells us that we, that, we, that we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. We can be saved, and we can do it today. Now, for, this, for those of us who are born again, the window of opportunity is open for someone else to receive Jesus in our life. Because while the window, is, while the window of opportunity is open now, there will be a day when that window will be closed for somebody else. This is what John chapter 9 verse 4 says. He sa- Jesus says, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no man can work. Let us be like Mary and choose Jesus while the door is open. Um, I just want to share a quick testimony because it's really cool. When we were in Arizona, uh, we really got to uh, witness and share Jesus with a lot of people, um, whether it was our waiters whether it was um, people that we saw uh, downtown in Winslow, and we saw some amazing things. And on our way back, Deshaun, he, um, he's my stepbrother. And uh, I told him we were stopping in Amarillo where he lives, and so we stopped there, we ate dinner. And I mean, you know, listen, I mean, it was, you know, we, you know it was a lot of fun. You know, we had loud music. We had four guys eating a 72-ounce steak. We were at the Big Texan. And then, and, then, and, then, and then there was a dog that fell from the second story of the, yeah, uh, true story. Seriously, it happened. So uh, real sad because this guy was like, he thought somebody dropped and he was like, oh, <laughs> my bad. Um, but he was okay. And so it was a really eventful night. And as we're just chilling, uh, me, uh, me along with the guys that I was with, we begin to tell him about Jesus. And, uh, you know, I knew that he had been seeking God. I knew that he had been looking for God. And so we told him about Jesus, and we gave them the opportunity. We asked him, man, do you want to be saved? Are you 100% sure that you have given your life to Christ? And, and we just followed along with, are you 100% sure? You know, uh, if you were to stand before God in heaven, and he were to ask you, why should I let you into my gates, what would you say? And we kind of kept going through it, and eventually he came to the point, and I said, listen, man, do you want to be saved today? And he said yes. And right there in the middle of the parking lot at Big Tex, my, my little brother, Deshaun, got saved that night. I'm so proud of you, Deshaun. That window of opportunity for, for him to receive Jesus was open then, and it's still open now. There are people who are ready to receive Jesus. All we have to do is ask. So there's a few takeaways 
something that we can take home with us and walk and apply to our life today. Number one, like Mary, let's give God our best. Give God your best. Because what we do for Jesus is never a waste. We can never waste our best on God. It's always going to be worth it. Jesus deserves more than just our leftovers. He deserves our lives. Therefore, we should give God our best. We should aim to be extraordinary for God. You know, I remember when I first came here, you know, uh, our senior pastor, Pastor Ron, you know, for those who know him, you know, he has a lot of isms, a lot of Pastor Ron-isms, Ron-isms, I forget what we call them, but um, he told me this and I never forgot it. He told me, we all want to be extraordinary, but being extraordinary is simply being great in your ordinary. Being extraordinary is being great in your ordinary. And you know, at the end of the day, we all want to be extraordinary for God. And all it takes is for us to be ordinary in the small things, for us to be faithful in those things, for us to be consistent in our daily devotion. Now, reading our Bible and praying is not some old thing that, you know, no, that, 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 that is what strengthens us. And when we are consistent and faithful in just the small things, we will find ourselves, we will find God using us in ways that we never thought possible, simply by being great in our ordinary. So let's give God our best. Number two, remain steadfast through trial. Remain steadfast through trial. Choosing anything over Jesus will always disappoint. And there will be trying times in life that will test our faith. But it is in those times that it's most important for us to remain steadfast, for us to stand strong in knowing the worth that we have in Jesus, that he is worthy of every bit of it, and that he is worth it. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be alert and of sober mind, having a clear mind, looking out. It says, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking, uh, looking for someone to devour. I love how it says that he prowls around like a roaring lion. He ain't no lion. He's a little kitty cat. <laughs> Meow. <laughs> he, he, ain't, he ain't got nothing. There's no bite behind it. All he's looking to do is deceive, but you know what? We know the truth. He is worth it. So let's remain steadfast. Let's stand strong in the truth and persevere through trial and temptation. Amen? Amen. And then number three, choose Jesus today. Today is that day. If you've been thinking about it, if you've been feeling it, today is that day. Either for yourself or for somebody else, let's choose Jesus today because he is available now. Amen? Amen.